Do you want to tell them the name and what it's all about? Yes. Welcome to Disastrous. This is the show where you went for a hike in the woods and then you tripped and then you got up and you tripped again and then you got up (laughs) and hey, guess what? You tripped again. Because the thing is, once you do it once, now your shoes are muddy and now they're slippy. So you're going to do it again. And also at that point, you're like, I'm half covered in dirt. Who even cares at this point? So you're a little less careful with where you put your feet. This isn't coming from personal experience. Stop asking. (laughs) And you definitely didn't just like somersault down the rest of the hill. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) it's like when you're skiing and you fall down enough that you're like i'm just gonna scoot down on my butt yeah that's just what i'm gonna do (laughs) and (laughs) but yeah this is um we talk about historical events that are equivalent to tripping and falling down multiple times one after Mm -hmm. the other historical and sometimes current events yeah and by the last one you're like come on Mm -hmm. just what the hell or by the last one you're like i'm gonna stay i'm on the ground now I live here now. This is, I live in a mud house. Send me my shit because this is where I live and I'm not moving. Uh, Yes, this is disastrous. I'm Amanda. I'm Hannah. And, uh, you know, maybe at the end of all of those falls, you know, your friends will take sympathy on you and like buy a cupcake or, (laughs) or, or then, or you don't have to drive back home and they're like, we'll drive. You fell a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Hot cocoa at the end. One can only uh, wish. So yeah. <laughs> well, do you want to? Yeah. Do yours? Do you want me to? I can, okay, I can tell my story. Mine's Great. a bit of a doozy. She's a little bit okay. long. I love a doozy. So um, it's a little bit long and it's definitely, um, it's definitely interesting. <laughs> okay. I like right. interesting. So. Um, I've briefly mentioned this on the podcast before, probably. Mm-hmm. I don't like flying. I used to really like it. I think when I was like in my tweens and now okay. I hate flights. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, I, if you told me that I completely forgot. I'm yeah, so no, it's, I think I just um, mentioned the general fear that planes bring about in any I sane gotcha. person. <laughs> She's not saying that anybody who's comfortable flying is insane. But She's just saying. It doesn't make sense. You're in. <laughs> that as a rational person, you should be scared. Yeah. We are built to be on the ground. Maybe it's because I'm a Taurus. <laughs> I'm an earth sign. Feet planted mm-hmm. on the ground. Um, I also think that like flying as a fat person is such a deeply uncomfortable experience that like there's a lot of anxiety that comes with that. And then I'm like, yeah. uh, and now I have to be in a shaky metal tube. <laughs> All of this, there's not one redeeming quality about it. Exactly. Um, I got you. So for some reason, I said, why don't I face my fears head on and do a bad old flight? A big Ooh. plane crash. I don't know why. <laughs> Fantastic. I don't know why I did this to myself. <laughs> I don't. I mean. It's like uh, it's like you're trying to therapize yourself, yeah, right? It's you're, you're exposure. Like, I've heard this works. Yeah. Exposure therapy. That's a thing. Um, uh, what's that thing that they put uh, NFL players in, like a, a 
not a dunk tank like a, a sensory a, deprivation a, tank no yes no sorry they put them in like a darkened hotel room for like three days and they don't have any access to like phones media anything it's to like help them like get focus up something yeah uh, okay all right i mean we so we could have tried that or we could have tried this hey all right coach put me in <laughs> this is better <laughs> um also if you're like me and you're a little worried about plane crashes don't look at the list of all the plane crashes in history because at first there's like one or two per year because Mm -hmm. there's only one or two flights per year (laughs) (laughs) if you're curious that's a hundred percent crash rate just quickly very quickly (laughs) the lists get longer and longer and longer and you're like oh this is a hellscape This, Um, this is my nightmare truly don't know why i did this so this story is like tragic and horrifying and scary and it's also complex and murky as to like it's hard to be like well i would have done this differently or like Mm -hmm. they should have done this instead there's a lot of kind of complicating factors Okay. Yeah. And I mean, generally with our disasters, they're pretty straightforward. So Mm. we're like, why would you do that? That was so dumb. But this one is going to be a little more. Yeah. A little bit. Complex that way. Yeah. Um, So it's June 2nd, 1983. Uh, Air Canada flight 797 is ready for a regularly scheduled passenger flight. The plane was a McDonnell Douglas DC 932. Not super important. The pilot is Captain Donald Cameron, who's 51 at the time. He had about 13,000 flight hours logged. Oh, damn. Which is how you want your captain. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. I would trust that guy. Yeah, yeah, like absolutely. 13,000, that's like, how many flights is that? Like, Well, it's 600? equivalent to like 500-something days. Okay. Like of straight flight. Yeah. <laughs> so damn, all right. It's a lot. Um, and 5,000 of those hours were like in this same type of plane. So he knows this Great. type of plane super well. Um, love it. Yeah. We have our first officer who was Claude, uh, we met, oh, we met or we met. Um, okay. he's 34 years old. He has about 5,600 hours of flight experience. Also okay. pretty good. Um, three flight attendants on board. Chief flight attendant, Sergio Benetti. Then we have Laura Kayama and Judy Davidson. Again, pretty senior people. None of them are newbies. We're experienced. The flight is heading from Dallas-Fort Worth, and it's going to Montreal. And they're making one stop in Toronto. Great. Yeah. Um, Part of the course. Passenger load, pretty light, actually. There were only 41 passengers on the plane, which meant it was less than half full. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. This type of plane is the one with like two seats, two seats with an aisle in the middle, I -hmm. think, or like a two, one aisle, not like the big three, whatever. Right. Yeah. And when you get on these like little two on each side planes, you're you're like, is it a toy plane? I'm, (laughs) I I get nervous because I'm like, I'm like, this feels like a, yeah, like a too, too small of a vessel for us. And me, and also my luggage. That is a good point. I do trust 
planes with two aisles and like the three in the middle and the two on either side. A little bit more. I trust sure. this more. Yeah. Weird. I was like, this is like a big, like expensive yeah. air machine. <laughs> and the one, the little rinky dink one, I'm like, this is how Aaliyah died. And I don't like, she was in like a, like oh, a God. six seater plane. Oh, but I'm like, this isn't it. that far off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, they're the tiny ones feel small. <laughs> yeah. They uh, feel like they're made out of more plastic. I don't know. Yeah. Yes. Everything feels like, like hollower and looser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. We're, so we're gone. on the same page there. Okay. Right. Cool. Um, <laughs> one of the passengers was actually a famous Canadian folk singer by the name of Stan Rogers, who don't know him, didn't recognize a single song. Sorry, but, Stan. Uh, gonna, hey guys, big, big ups to Sam, okay? <laughs> so, um, 4.25 p.m., we are taking off. We are going into the sky. Let's get going. So, we are flying over Louisville, Kentucky, and at that point, the pilots heard a popping sound around 6.51 p.m. Um, I'm putting, mm. I'm gonna translate these all into, like, p.m.'s. But like okay. all the reports, of course, are like, like eighteen, you know, eighteen fifty one, nineteen oh four, military time. Yeah, I translated. Yeah. So great. They heard a popping sound around six fifty one, which was during dinner service, while the flight okay. attendants were passing out dinner. They look over, and the switches for the lavatory circuit breakers were tripped. Um, huh. which happens. It just meant okay. that the the toilet in the back of the plane wasn't flushing. It wasn't operative. So, yeah. Okay. Not that big a deal. Yeah. Apparently. I mean, unless dinner gives everybody the runs. (laughs) Well, apparently (laughs) this happens a lot during meal services, which is like why they're like, oh yeah, this happens. Like during meal services, people were like, (laughs) go to the bathroom a lot more. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and they're like, when you flush that toilet like sixty times in a row, like it's yeah short circuits. Do you okay? Do you imagine it just dropping out of the plane? I know it doesn't, but do you ever imagine that? <laughs> <laughs> I do imagine. Okay, so not necessarily the toilet dropping out of the plane, but me getting sucked <gasps> down because it's such a powerful like. A- it's crazy. <sighs> and I'm like, oh, if I got my hand stuck in there, it would probably mm, yank over. me out and spit me into space. Yeah. It'd be over. Into space. And I'd be covered in that blue, like... (laughs) All right. (laughs) So uh, Captain Cameron tries to reset the breakers. He pushes the switches in. Boom. Immediately they pop back out. Kind of weird. He's like, okay, they probably need to cool down. He waits about eight minutes, around 6.59. He tries to pop, uh, pop them in again, push them in. It just... It wasn't happening. So he was like, okay... We're not going to use this toilet. And that's just what's going to happen. Yeah, just use the other toilets. Yeah. Whatever. So, uh, but out of sight of the crew and the passengers, a fire had ignited (gasps) inside the floor and started to creep its way through the hidden spaces behind the cabin walls. Oh, my God. So, like, between, I think, the lavatory and, like, the outer wall a fire had tripped somehow oh shit Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, 
I was like, and nobody could see it, smell it, feel it, anything, right? Like, Well, 7 p.m. comes around. Remember, 6.51, nine minutes ago, is when the circuits popped. 7 p.m., okay. a passenger tells their flight attendant, Judy Davidson, that they smell something. So Davidson traces the smell to the lavatory, and she opens the door a few inches, and there are just curls of light gray smoke. But there are no flames. <gasps> so what does she do? She uh, asks her other flight attendant, Laura uh, Kayama, uh, who then finds the chief flight attendant, Sergio Benetti, and he goes into the lavatory to investigate. At the same time, Kayama pops into the cockpit and just says, quote, excuse me, there's a fire in the washroom at the back. They're just when to put it out. So she just tells the pilots, there's a fire. Okay. Super cash. Don't worry about it. Well, and it's like in the 80s, right? You could still smoke on planes. Yes. So that's why no one was worried. Yeah, like today, any kind of smoke anywhere on a plane is immediate, huge yeah. emergency. Yeah. But like then you're like, oh, this whole this whole fucking thing's full of smoke. Like Yeah, so people are smoking in the main cabin. People at that time still weren't allowed to smoke in the lavatories. But a lot of the time, like if someone didn't properly like stamp out their cigarette and maybe just like mm-hmm. threw it away in the trash bin, that would catch fire. Yeah. It, yeah. You are right on. It's like a kind of casual yeah. thing. Yep, commonplace. Okay. <laughs> Which is horrifying. <laughs> That's so awful. I don't like anything about that. But was the smoke coming out of the toilet? There was smoke coming up and out of like every crevice. Oh, so. That's- not what you want. Sergio Benetti, at this time, the chief flight attendant, looks over. Uh, it's about 7.02 p.m. He doesn't see the fire again, but he sees those curls, and now the smoke is a little thicker. He sprays the entire inside of the lavatory with a CO2 fire extinguisher, just hoses okay. it all down. Great. Um, meanwhile, flight attendant Kayama is moving passengers upwards on the plane, and kind of opening some air vents, which, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. I was, my, I was like, oh, opening. He just cracked which, a window. No big deal. <laughs> like, what? He's like, everybody just roll down your windows a little bit and it'll be which I totally think, fine. I think must mean there's probably like some interior, like it goes through like a giant tube or whatever to the outside. Yeah. Whatever. But yeah. I saw <laughs> I thought, what? Like, so. Yeah, just reading that, you're like, um, okay. <laughs> sure. Why not? So by 7.02 p.m., everyone in the crew knows about the fire. Or knows about the smoke, rather. And mm-hmm. Captain Cameron puts on his oxygen mask and tells his first officer, Wimet, to go investigate. Wimet goes back, and he finds that this, the smoke is so thick that it's filling three to four rows of the seats. He can't even get back to the lavatory. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I would be terrified. Like. That's a lot of smoke. <laughs> that's a lot of smoke. Like, what do you, you got to land the plane. Yeah, which is exactly your first instinct. Um, yeah. But, and then another thing that makes this even scarier is, again, you know, the chief flight attendant tells 
uh, First Officer Wemed that he can't see the source of the fire. And that's really the, the scary thing. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I put a, like a protective barrier of uh, that foam uh, that we <laughs> used. And, uh, but I don't know if that's working because it's still coming out. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. He's like, I made a small coat out of the foam. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, I don't think it did anything, but maybe. <laughs> Just go check it out. So, uh, and he, he clarified, though, I don't think it's just a trash bin fire. So, Wemet goes back to the cockpit, and he tells Captain Cameron about the smoke, um, and he suggests descending. And just to, um, I, if you can remind me, I think, like, there's recordings of the cockpit. Exactly. So. Okay. I was going to say, I was like, if. If you're about to give me a direct quote, then, like, there's definitely a recording, right? Yeah, 7.04 p.m., he says, I think we'd better go down now. That's a quote we get. Um, that's This isn't actually where I thought I had the quote that I did. So, but he didn't report the thing about not knowing the source, so he said, look, there's smoke. It's thick. I think we should go down. But what he didn't say was... Also, it's not just a trash can fire. Right. We don't know where it's coming from. So Captain Cameron is kind of like, you know, like. It's a trash can fire. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, still, like, today, if there was, like, a trash can fire, I would still hope that it wouldn't be just, like, ignored. Cavalier. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, it's filling the last four rows with smoke. And they're like, eh. Okay. Okay. Like it's, we still got like 800 miles to go. So going to have to wait. So then uh, at 7.04 PM, uh, Benetti, who's the chief flight attendant, he comes into the cockpit and he reports that, look, we moved the passengers up and the smoke is actually easing up. There's a quote that says, uh, you know, Wemet says, I can't go back now. It's too heavy. I think we better go down. Uh, and then Benetti says, I got all the passengers seated up front. You don't have to worry. I think it's going to be easing up. Wimet says, okay, it's starting to clear now. What was it starting to clear? Because they had sprayed the fire extinguisher. The smoke was starting to clear from like that area. The fire wasn't. Mm-mm. Oh my God. It was like a false. Ugh. God, there's a word for that when it's like you cover yeah. up a worse situation or it's, I don't know. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like a Band-Aid solution, but mm. like the, but it's like you have a, like a malignant tumor or something. Yeah. Right. You're like the Band-Aid's not. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like you have pain somewhere that's like masking worse pain somewhere else. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, uh, okay, I guess we'll ride it out. I guess I'll just pop some Advil. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm being I'm being specific about the times just because it happens quickly. Um, right. And again, we have those transcripts. So we know like to the second when a lot of this happened. And I always thought that was amazing that like <laughs> that we record the cockpit. Yeah. Like it it goes into like the black box or whatever, like yes. these recordings. Right. And I always found that so interesting. And, I, and I'm like. What if you like tell your co-pilot like a deep dark secret or something? I know. <laughs> like, do you ever forget? 
you're, you're like, like, oh shit. I've been flying. No for one's th- supposed to know. <laughs> I've been flying for 13,000 hours, but oops, I forgot. And you will not believe what flight controller Joe's wife is doing. <laughs> Exactly. Like, oh my God. Just can you imagine like having your work day and like your like close work colleague and just having somebody eavesdrop on you all the time? Yes. Like or like <gasps> well, how often do they even go into those black boxes? You might be like, I think things gonna happen. <laughs> there's o- only if there's a crash, right? Like yeah, I assume. I'm guessing because yeah. what would be the point? You're like, oh, what'd you have for lunch today? Oh, uh, meatball sub, what'd you have? <laughs> uh, tuna on rye. And they're like, this is boring. Skip ahead, skip ahead, skip ahead. It's like 10 hours of just that. I can't. <laughs> no. Just that. Ugh. Like, <laughs> we should invent some kind of like AI to listen to this shit. Like, um, Okay, so 7.06 p.m., uh, the master caution light in the cockpit is illuminated. Because <sighs> at that point... Uh, they lost their main bus electrical power. Are you kidding me? What the fuck? That that's mm-hmm. bad. Not good. I don't know exactly what it means, but it's bad. That's yeah. bad. Bad, yeah. bad. 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 So yeah, it's just like the power that is powering stuff, and I think you know you always have backup, but you're yeah. losing like your main source. Um, no. The captain okay. at that point calls the uh, air traffic controller in Indianapolis. Again, this started, they were over Louisville, now they're over Indy. And he tells mm-hmm. them about an electrical problem. And then at that point, the transponder signal that's communicating with the air traffic control disappears. Ah, I knew you were going to say it, but I, I was like, maybe, <laughs> maybe she won't. <laughs> Maybe she won't say that. <laughs> I was like, don't tell me they lose connection. Please don't tell. Okay, yeah. This is yep. a story in, like, things getting worse. And then you think the worst thing has happened. And then things get worse. And then you yeah, think the worst thing has happened. And then Literally your metaphor for, like, you trip. Yes. And then you trip again. <laughs> and then you trip again. Exactly. Ugh. Oh. So. Goddamn. 7.07 p.m., one minute later, we met, goes back to the lavatory to check on it again. Because he seems nervous. You know, he was the first one to suggest going down. He goes to right. open the door, and it feels hot to the touch. So he can't open nope. it. Nope. So at that point, yep. I think there's a fire in there. <laughs> yep. There comes the fire. Uh, we found it mm-hmm. now. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely know it's present. Yeah. And uh, we still don't know the source, but it's it's here. Dora, 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 the Explorer, can you help me find fire? <laughs> She's like, yeah, I definitely can. It's behind that hot door. <laughs> um, oh, my God. So he land? So Does he's like, do anything? Yes. So he's like, flight attendants, keep that shit closed. He goes back to the cockpit. Quote, I don't like what's happening. I think we better do- go down. Okay. And at that point, Captain Cameron was like, okay, my, my first officer sounds really upset. He sounds nervous. Let's take it down. Let's descend. Okay. I don't like how like a little bit passive aggressive that was a little bit. He's like, oh my God. <laughs> I don't think He's that's like... an exact quote. I think that's just oh, okay. summarizing. <laughs> okay. But he's like, he's like. I don't know. He's kind of being a little bitch baby. Whatever. All right. We'll take it down. Whatever. (laughs) So. If it makes you feel better. 
okay we'll go down. if you want to cost the airline thousands of dollars. <laughs> okay. Sure. Your head. <laughs> this is on you. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, but to kind of reaffirm that decision, the cockpit. The, not, not cockfight. <laughs> we can do that, too. Then there's a cockfight in the back of the plane. <laughs> in the back. One of the chickens on fire. <laughs> That chicken has an advantage for as long as it's alive. <laughs> so, uh, the cockpit master warning light lights up again. There is a loss of their emergency electrical power. Well, shit. Mm-hmm. So, at this point, air traffic control can see them on radar and I think can communicate with them. But they don't have, like, all the normal, like, information, I think, that they usually get. Right? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. They don't have their emergency electrical power anymore. We're switching to battery at this point. So mm. that means a lot of the systems that are, like, autopilot and, you know, stabilization and, uh, you know... Controlling the descent, all those systems are offline and are failing. Oh. So your dude has to, like, manually... So, at 7.08 p.m., Captain Cameron begins an emergency descent with him manually holding, you know, holding the plane. Oh, yeah. And there are there are things that are, like, it was, like, you know so many pounds of force that he was like pushing up against it's like the heaviest shake weight imaginable yeah oh dear lord and he was like i haven't done this in 30 years this is awful it was a i haven't been hitting the gym you know the autopilot's usually working i know oh my gosh oh poor captain cameron at this point the flight recorders stop recording we have no more kind of direct information from them okay um the horizontal stabilizer is off uh they begin their descent they are calling to indianapolis you know mayday 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 the controllers Mm -hmm. the air traffic controllers were like okay we grant you the clearance for an emergency landing and at this point i was like well what if they weren't granted the clearance that was actually gonna be my next (laughs) comment i'm like what, they're just going to say no? They're like, keep it going all the way to Toronto, baby. Like, like, <laughs> I guess I get, like, if, like, literally they can't, maybe, because they're, like, full of planes. But even then, I'm like, I don't direct them to a field. That, yes, exactly. I'm like, direct them to a field or some kind of water scenario. Sully did it. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, right? Like, oh, my gosh, that's wild. <laughs> they're like mm, yeah i guess you can come to my birthday party it's like, <laughs> if i can't come to your birthday party people are gonna die exactly hey, hey. It's like, if i don't come to your birthday party me and the rest of the second grade are careening off a cliff <laughs> like all right fine if you're gonna be like dramatic about it you can come <laughs> just like Bring something good, though, okay? <laughs> you know I like Transformers. Bring those <laughs> sugar cookies that are kind of gross, but also delicious. Yeah. <laughs> the frosted ones. <laughs> so, uh, at this point, Cabin is 
filling with smoke and it's going into the cockpit. The crew had full face oxygen masks, but the passengers didn't. Um, And also those like oxygen masks on flights aren't going to give you much of a barrier against smoke, you know? Mm -hmm. And also if there's a mass amount of oxygen coming down from those masks and entering the area that might be fueling the fire. So exactly. Air Canada is actually like, no, that's not protocol. Don't do that. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, they're like, just put your t-shirt up over your mouth literally. and nose. And- no, that's literally, they were like giving passengers like rags and stuff. Um, mm. Passengers are growing weaker. Uh, one man recalls putting his ID like in a secure pocket so he could be like identified. Oh, identified. Yeah. Oh. Which is that's heartbreaking. People are like writing notes to like loved ones. It's just like oh, the most. That is like that's the one of the most chilling things to me is when somebody mm. is in like a a situation like that where they're like death is imminent. It will happen. Yeah. Like I've gotta I've gotta send a text message. I've gotta you know call write something. Yeah. It's like so chilling. Oh it's, my god. You're right. Chilling is like the word to describe it. Absolutely. So, and again, this all happens 6.51 p.m. We're eating dinner. Now it's 7.11, I was going to say, all this is happening in like 20 minutes. Yeah. 20 minutes we're at this point. Um, So the PA systems failed, so the flight attendants can't really talk to the passengers effectively, you know? they Awesome. Yeah, really good. Awesome. That's just another kicking the nards yeah they did manage to get everyone up in front of row 13 um great job flight crew and then they also (laughs) did something that wasn't standard practice at the time do you want to win a little rogue do you want to do a little guess um yes i know (laughs) i'm gonna get it right um they did something that was not standard protocol uh, they sprayed everybody down with like the canned soda water. Ooh! Oh no! Oh, <laughs> not close at all. But I wonder if that would have worked. They're like, "All right, take this diet coke, shake it really hard, yeah. spray it all over your face, chest." Oh my gosh! Okay. All right. Um, well. No. <laughs> Try that for next time, Air Canada. Thank you. No, they what they do is they go to the passengers who are in the exit rows and they teach them how to operate the exit doors. Which oh. like wasn't a thing back then. Yeah. As much. And they were like, Huh, that's you know, really cool. You know it'd be helpful if these people could also do something. Yeah. Okay, so well, first of all, like on flights now, they just put you next to the exit door and ask you if you're willing to help out. Yeah. You're like, sure, I don't know what I will do in yeah. that situation. Maybe I yank on this handle. Who's to say? But this, oh my God. So this flight was like, we should have passengers like yank on the thing yeah. when it's ready. I doubt, yeah. I doubt it was like the first time that happened, but it definitely like wasn't standard. And these flight attendants, smoke is fucking filling Every crevice of this place. Pouring in. And these people are brilliant enough to be like, you know what? Let's uh, do some division of labor. <laughs> yeah. Delegate. Yes. Teamwork. Make the dream work, baby. All right. Um, so 
at this point, smoke is entering the cockpit. Um, we're freaking out. At, we are we're freaking out. Going to do a landing. It is an extremely difficult landing. So, again, 7.08 p.m., we decide we got to take the plane down. Plane lands at 7.20. So for 12 minutes, uh, Captain Cameron is, like, manually flying a shaky plane with, like, probably all this insane resistance. It Like, again. The cockpit is full of smoke. Yes. Think of holding, like, a shake weight. Because it's, like, shaking, probably. But yeah. it's, like, a... <laughs> A 80 pound shake weight and you can't see the 80 mm-hmm. pound shake weight because there's so much smoke and there was like a little bit of difficulty also they don't have their systems online that are navigating mm-hmm. them so they're talking to air traffic control air traffic control is looking at the most like primitive set of radar that they have you know none of their yeah. like advanced shit and they're like walking them through it Oh my god. Yeah, it's what a nightmare. It's like yeah. Oh. Um four tires blow out on the landing. I didn't know they had that many tires. Isn't that all of the tires? I think they have like the little double sets. So I'm imagining Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- okay. it must be 8 or 6. Oh yeah, probably something like 6. That's all too many tires. Yeah. But too many. Okay. So immediately we're opening the front door, we're opening the side doors, um, and there are slides deployed. The flight attendants get to the doors and start ushering people out. Uh I think uh Sergio Benetti himself got like seven or eleven, you know, passengers out. Passengers out. Was wow. able to guide them. Mm-hmm. And then Great job, Sergio. I know. Sergio, I had my doubts about you earlier when you downplayed the fire. But now you stepped up. (laughs) Yeah. You're you're crawling back up there. Okay, cool. Um, And then once he sees no one else is coming this way, he gets out himself. Good. Uh, The smoke is so thick that the passengers can't see their hands in front of their faces. They have to drop to the floor and crawl. Oh, God. The exits are nearly invisible. Um, there was one woman who was like, yeah, I saw an overwing exit by like the faintest light through the smoke. There was another woman who was like, yeah, I found an exit because I felt the draft on my knees and that told me where to go. Oh my God. Well, and it's like in this situation too, it's like, okay, stay calm, stay calm, stay alert, breathe. Oh wait, don't breathe. Exactly. It's like the one I'm like, <laughs> thing yeah, I'm that trying like to think centers of like you. Exactly. I'm trying to think of like what I would do like based in this crisis. It's like, okay, we dropped to the floor. Okay. <sighs> okay, we got this. Like, But you can't yeah. breathe in like that. So you're just like, ah! <laughs> like No, it's, it's chaos. It's so terrifying. Chaos. Gotta be. Um, oh so God. the... Pilots couldn't go through the passenger cabin. They can't get out of the cockpit because there's too much smoke and heat back there. So uh, We Met opens the right side emergency window, climbs out. But Captain Cameron is so exhausted from keeping the plane, you know, safely, you know, from safely landing the plane that he is, you know, basically passed out. 
Oh my god. The firefighters. <laughs> the firefighters take their firefighting foam and just spray it. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it would work. I smell some Diet Coke, but. <laughs> they shook it up and sprayed him. And he was like, oh, fuck. And he, like, woke up and. Was I'm up. I'm up. Yeah. I'm up. Was able to, like, crawl out. And then we met, dragged him away from the plane to safety. So, oh my God! Unfortunately, Captain Cameron was the last person who would escape the plane. Oh. They are doing a count up of the passengers who made it out, and at that point, the interior of the plane flash fire just ignites yep. immediately. Yeah, which I mean, we were waiting for it, right? Yeah. Like. Again, it's like, so they land 90 seconds later, there's that flash fire Mm -hmm. because, not because, but kind of because they had opened the doors and all that oxygen came rushing in. Oxygen came in. And fed the fire. Got it. But it's like, again, what are you going to do? You can't not do that. You can't be like, let's wait a little bit. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. No, 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 no. So... Uh, the 23 remaining passengers on board were killed. Uh, and it actually was found though with autopsies that a lot of them died from like lethal quantities of carbon monoxide and cyanide and just like inhaling fumes. Fumes. There were passengers who were seated, who their bodies were found seated. And, you know, the assumption is they might've passed, you know, before the fire even happened. Exactly. Like, uh, if you're if you weren't found like on the floor trying to escape, it's got to be assumed that you yeah. were you were at least passed out. Yeah. When the landing happened. Oh, absolutely. And then oh. there were this. This is like truly the most heartbreaking thing. Not the most, but like pretty disturbing. There were two uh, people that were found in the rear of the plane. And even though everyone had been moved forward, and the thought right. is they had been crawling and looking for the exit, and they had missed oh. it in all the smoke, which is like... God. Oh, they were so close. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is heartbreaking. So those who survived, there were three people with serious injuries, 13 had minor injuries, but the rest were fine. None of the crew oh. were injured. And one surviving passenger, Diane Fadley, said it was almost like anybody who got out had nothing wrong. You made it out and you were completely fine or you didn't make it. Oh, yeah. shit. Oh, wow. Um, the fire completely destroys the aircraft. It is thought that it was burning for as long as 42 minutes. Just oh, like, damn. Un- like simmering underneath. Um, before it went yeah and it's extremely so there was an investigation but it was extremely Mm -hmm. hard to figure out where the fire started because there were all these wires that were burned but it's hard to tell if that caused the fire or if that was caused by the fire right 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 oh wow so they were never able to determine like a cause never determined a cause 
Um, <sighs> it is it is worth mentioning that this particular plane had had 76 maintenance reports in the past year. That's too many. Yeah. It's so, more than one a week. 1979. In 1979, there was the rear pressure bulkhead don't exactly know where that is, but like failed explosively on an ascent out of Boston. They, the tail cone was blasted off the airplane. Oh yeah. The pilots landed, landed it. No one was hurt. Mm -hmm. Everyone was fine, but they repaired the airplane, got it back into service. And it was never quite the same though. There were Mm -hmm. all these wires that kind of had to be like cut and re-spliced. So instead of being like, whole wires they're like two half wires jammed together we'll just duct tape this together yeah and call it a day we taped the the wing back on right it's good we're just like what could happen tons of pounds of duct tape oh god okay so it's a little bit like well (laughs) you know guys maybe this plane should have been retired before it burnt to a crisp yeah, I guess I just also don't know how, like, in the 80s, what their, what their checking mm. systems were like, right? Yeah. Like, when you buy a Peloton refurbished, they make sure that it works like a new Peloton. It's like, <laughs> if you're gonna, if you're yeah. gonna do the plane refurbished, make sure that it works like, it's like the OG. You want to see used dash like new this was yes. used dash good. <laughs> or like used dash. Well loved. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell it's used. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so oh, okay. there was originally like uh, a report sent out that was kind of like condemning the crew for not acting faster. And which. I mean, they did it. A- goodish job besides that one guy with communication issues yeah so it's like they were like oh you should have gone down at 704 when the first officer said i think we should go down but then it took another five minutes for them to begin descending i mean yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, when you say it like that then it's does sound like what it happened, but... <laughs> um, but at the same time, three separate people came and told the captain that the smoke was clearing. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It would be interesting. I, I should have probably looked into this, but, like, how much money that would have lost to emergency land a plane somewhere it's not expected. Yeah. And, I mean, I know we love Captain Cameron, but, like, what if he had, like, a, you know, a temper? What if he was, like... Don't ever disturb mm. me in the cockpit. Yeah. And they were like, hey, hey, bud, so sorry. I know you hate this, but there's smoke. And he's like, what did I tell you about interrupting me in the cockpit? And they're like, fuck. <gasps> and they just like go back and they're like, I'm not do- I'm not going back there. You got to go back there. I'm not done. I can't like, do it. Who knows? Like, who knows? Who knows? But the work <laughs> dynamics may have entered the situation. I don't know. Right. It's like, oh, just casual little work dynamics and, like, feelings about people. And now it's taken to a different level. Yep. Mm, Mm. Just a little uh, public service announcement from Hannah and Amanda. Just, like, be cool. Yeah. Don't be weird. Hey, have a a can-do teamwork forward attitude. Yeah, let's do that. 
And that's what I have. <laughs> Check out my resume. Um, <laughs> yeah, girl. So, and they were also like, why didn't you land in Kentucky? And first officer we met was like, okay, because Kentucky was too close. We barely made the emergency landing that we did make. And you want us to right. land like however hundred miles you know, or however many miles earlier. So the National Transportation Safety Board kind of amended their report. They were like, okay, they did pretty good. Um, air, uh, multiple Canadian aviation organizations gave them like honors and commendations. And then my favorite part is safety outcomes. Yay! <laughs> oh, the silver lining to any disaster is... I love... New- protocol i love when people think hey what can we do to not let this happen again yeah it's really great it kind of restores faith in humanity a little bit where you're like this was not great yeah we did not do our best but going forward yeah we're gonna try it's like when i finish a rehearsal with my middle schoolers and we have like a closing Mm -hmm. circle And I'm like, guys, your behavior wasn't great today. What can we do next rehearsal to have a more productive rehearsal? Nice. (laughs) I love that. And what do they they say? They're like, fuck you, Miss Anna. (laughs) No, they're like, I guess we could listen. And then I'm like, will you, though? You won't. (laughs) Like, nah, but it's cute, right? Like, we we try to act all like, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) And then we just amp it up for next time. The worst thing about kids is when they know what they did wrong and then they keep doing Oh, Oh, yeah. They're like, I understand that was bad. I understand why it was bad. Will I stop doing it? Absolutely (laughs) not. Not on your life. It doesn't even, hey, it doesn't even bring me that much joy. I'm not even having a fun conversation. (laughs) I'm just doing it because it makes you mad, Miss Hannah. Um. I swear that's not what oh. my, my kiddos are like. <laughs> I know. I was like, I don't know. Some kids are demons. I was. <laughs> so anyway. anyway, the National Transportation Safety Board. Uh, so they requested that the Federal Aviation Administration speed up the actions that required smoke detectors and lavatories. They already mm-hmm. had those actions in place, but they were like, let's hit the gas pedal on that one. Uh, let's make it everywhere. Um they also asked for more fire extinguishers to be installed and like okay. automatic fire extinguishers that would like go when they, when smoke triggered it. Um, cool. They also, uh, this wasn't like a formal request or anything, but I do think it became more commonplace that uh, exit seat, you know, people sitting in exit seats were given, you know, a little bit more of a spiel. Yeah. 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 For sure. And then also there they had fire blocking seat material uh, on the seats <laughs> to limit <Yep>. the spread <laughs> of fire and also like from the toxic chemicals being generated. Um, okay. They had they insisted on stronger emergency track lighting on the floor. Uh, Great. That was like strong enough to cut through smoke. So, you could, you know, aisle lights. Um, mm-hmm. they put different markings on the overhead bins to help passengers locate exit rows. Um, okay. and then they also had new fire extinguishers with better technology. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and I'm sure air disasters will still happen. There was a whole TV show made about it, but 
Oh. This is a good story. So many. There was Lost, and then there was also that show on, like, Nick at Night. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. What, Flight 31 Down or something? Yeah. And then there's, like, also, like, uh, TV shows like Manifest and all this shit where they go through, like, a time warp portal. Oh. And isn't, is Yellow Jackets a flight plane accident? I have not seen it. I have not seen it either, but I'm going to try to watch it along with Fatal Attraction. Mm. All right. Wow. Well, that was... That was a doozy. I was just talking for a minute. Oh, my goodness. The time flew. I was like, what was that, like half an hour? Well, amazing. Thank you for telling me that. I am so sorry you had to go through that. (laughs) Oh, and the other thing, one of the passengers who passed was that folk musician. Oh. I know. I'm sorry, Canada. Yeah. Missing one of your... Beloved folk, folk musicians. Um, yeah. R.I.P., man. Terrible tragedy with mm-hmm. uh, a no easy person to blame, which, again, makes mm-hmm. things harder for me. I love having someone to blame. Especially if it's a man. Ooh. Yeah, that's my favorite. But, yeah. Okay, wow. So that was amazing. Thank you so much. Um, do you want to tell the kids uh, where to... Rate, review, subscribe, follow us, find us. Absolutely. On Instagram, we're at DisastrousPod. You can go ahead and email us at DisastrousPod at gmail.com. We are on TikTok at DisastrouslyPod. Don't forget that L-Y. And, you know, you can go ahead and rate, review, and subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. um, And share this one with a pal. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, yes, uh, share us everything. Tell us everything. Tell us your deep, dark secrets. You know, we've, we've always, we've been waiting to hear those for so long. All right, yes, this has been disastrous. I'm Amanda. I'm Hannah. And we love you and respect you, and we will catch you on the flippy floppy. Bye. <laughs>